It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back here to X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network. Danny Cahala, Ryan Elke, Anthony Bellino all joining you. Join us now. He typically does on Wednesdays, but it is a Thursday. We had to audible midweek. No big deal. We could like to do that with this guy because, hey, look, he's just like any other signal caller in the NFL. He, the guy makes plays no matter what, what the defense presents him. He's here for us. He's Logan Lamarandier. You can find him on Twitter at Lamarandier. Find his work, SI's All Lions coverage. Logan, my man, as always, it is a pleasure to speak with you each week. How are you, my friend? Oh, doing great this week. Back-to-back weeks, been feeling really good. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you are a Western Michigan alum. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, it is. There was a big game, wasn't there? Yeah, so <laughs> Western and Central, are uh, they're, they're doing battle last last night. And I, I'm wondering, and I, I kind of went off in the Mid-American Conference here, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this as well. Because in my opinion, there are two rivalries in this conference worth a damn. There's Central Western and there's Bowling Green Toledo. I worked the Bowling Green Toledo game Tuesday, 34 degrees, decent crowd, bar stools there. I'm sure that brought some folks, but you know, if you have that early in the season on a Saturday, it's a sellout. It's good for Bowling Green. It's good for Toledo. It's good for everybody. Central Western weekend was a thing until, well, midweek action started, and now they want to you know move the game and have it in a snow globe in mid-November in the middle of the week. I am so anti this idea. I think these two rivalries should be protected. I think they should be the first conference games of the season. That way we can guarantee them on Saturdays so that both campuses have an opportunity to enjoy, and these kids have an opportunity to enjoy actually playing in front of fans. What, what's your thought on that? No, I totally agree. And actually, when I was at Western, uh, my first couple of years there, they were on Saturdays, and they started getting moved to that yeah, Tuesday or Wednesday night, and I just felt like yeah, the crowds weren't there. It was really tough to do anything for it. It just really was not as much fun, and it's tough It's tough to watch these games midweek, and I like having football games in the middle of the week, but it's just kind of odd uh, and not always the most convenient to watch. And unfortunately, I can't say that I'm going to really clear my schedule in the, in the middle of the week uh, to watch some Central and Western football. So I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, for for people like me, it's easy, right? For for people like you that married, you got that commitment. You got children. That's a commitment. You're not you know, blocking out time. And if you're a college kid, yeah, okay, the game's on Tuesday. You might have a paper due on Thursday that you got to work on. You might. It, it's 12 degrees outside. Like, why in the hell are you going to leave your dorm room? It doesn't make any sense to me. It bothers the heck out of me. I just wish somebody from the conference office would listen. Now that we got that out of the way, let's get to the meat and the potatoes of this thing. The Detroit Lions have won back-to-back football games. Where where are we on our hype train right now? Because I got people calling in, Logan. They, they're talking about playoffs or playing the schedule game right now, trying to play our way into the playoffs. I'm like, everybody, just pump your brakes real quick. But back-to-back wins, one at home, one on the road, both in the division. You got to be feeling good about where this team's at right now. 
Yeah, feeling really good. I think we've, we've talked about this before, but we're right back on track to where those expectations were at the beginning of the season where there's going to be some good football. The younger players are going to be stepping up. You're going to see more building blocks of the future and pull out some wins. And the come-from-behind victories, uh, those are just great. I, I've kind of forgotten what those were like because there hasn't been one in, in a while. But just in the fashion the Lions did it, it was an emotional roller coaster against the Bears where – I, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of counted them out when they were down 14. I was like, oh, yeah, this game's over. And then even when there was two minutes left on the clock, I had that gut feeling where Justin Fields was somehow going to be able to pull out uh, another win for the Bears against the Lions defense. But uh, the defense is just – and the offense. They, they both did really well when there was pressure and a lot on the line. They stepped up, and they found a way to make it happen. And it was, it was great to see. And I – it's, it's just enough. I think this team really needs to get some wins, although I battle. I, you want the higher draft position, but I do think it's important for a team like the Lions, who's super young, a newer coach. You, you can't just destroy the confidence. And there is something to learning how to win and trying to quantify that is very difficult to do. I, I get it. Uh, but I, I, I'm very happy with how the last two weeks have turned out. And you just kind of hope that trajectory that you saw last year as they, they get better throughout the season. You hope that happens again this year. And once again, that leads into next year with, you know, just player development and having confidence and feeling like the, the team that they have can go out there and stick with any team they face. When you look at this game against the Giants, and this was this was brought up yesterday by a, a good mutual friend of ours, a, a man who makes pizzas. His name is Freddie. You know him, Freddie the Pizza Man. He called in, and he brought this up, and he wanted to know. He asked me, basically, if these two games define Dan Campbell's tenure here with the Detroit Lions. I don't believe that they do. I mean, these are two teams in playoff contention in the New York Giants and the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, we're living with the comparison between the Giants and the Jets and their record, and how quickly they were able to seemingly turn some things around. Why are the Lions still struggling? We've kind of moved on from that conversation. Now it's kind of like, okay, what do we do here? I, th- I thought the Chicago game was a must-win game. I don't necessarily feel that uh, about a road game in New York, but it would be nice to see. In the Bears last week, we talked about if that was a must-win game. And, yeah, it was an important game, but I don't, I don't know if you can say there's must-win games. And against the Giants, who have a surprisingly good record. When you look at their roster talent, it's definitely not a team that you would think would have seven wins. Uh, it would be big, real big, you know, defeating a 7-2 and two team. But I, I'm not going to call uh, on a week-to-week basis. I don't think there's anything right now. We're not at that point under the Dan Campbell, uh, his tenure here that we have to start calling these must-wins, in my opinion. And there are some games that are going to be more important than others. and uh, kind of games that you can always look back upon and be like, hey, that was a that was a great game. That's what the Lions Campbell football is all about. But I, I'm just not there yet with any with any game that you're to say it's must win. And that's, you know, when we talk about the Jets and the Giants and them being able to turn some things around and do it so quickly, I think it's also very important to remember that in the beginning of the year when you and I were playing the schedule game and trying to project where do we think they'll finish, what are some games we think that they can win before they even touch the field for the regular season, things look a lot different now looking at these two schedules. Who have the Giants beat? Tennessee in week one. Carolina, 
We know we've got plenty of questions about Carolina. They lost to the Cowboys. You can question them. They've beaten the Bears. They've beaten the Packers, two teams that the Lions have beaten. They beat the Ravens. Okay. They beat the Jaguars. They beat the Texans. And their other loss is to Seattle. We know that Seattle's pretty good. We don't really know what Dallas is on a week-to-week basis. Outside of that, it's not like they're playing a bunch of world beaters out here. I mean, come on. We've lost to the Dolphins. We've lost to the Vikings. We've lost to the Eagles. We've lost to the Seahawks. Like, our schedule has been actually much more difficult, in my opinion. It's been much more difficult. And that was supposed to be, you know, if the Lions were to somehow sneak into the playoffs into the playoffs or even be in the race. So I think a lot of it was due more so to the schedule that they had. And <laughs> you look at their schedule, what they've had so far, and all these teams that you thought might be easier have actually been pretty good and one of the better teams in the league. So you, you just listen off the teams that the Giants have beat, and it's, they haven't, they've had a couple impressive wins, but, and you have to give them credit that they're still pulling off wins because there's no easy week in the NFL. But, I, yeah, I, I still don't feel like the Giants are necessarily – the record is not a good reflection for the talent that's on their team. And I could be proven wrong, but I have a strong suspicion that this Giants team will eventually kind of fall back to their mean and where their general overall talent level is as well. And maybe it would be a great start for the Lions to kind of put them back uh, on that trajectory towards the mean. Yeah, and Daniel Jones is a guy right now who's completing 66% of his passes, which is good. He's thrown for 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns, two picks. But this this team is still all about Saquon Barkley. And when he's healthy and he's going like he is this year, 931 yards on the season. He's averaging over 103 yards per game. He's got six touchdowns. And Daniel Jones, he's got almost 400 yards rushing. This is the number three rushing offense in the National Football League. The Lions check in with the 31st-ranked rush defense. Some of that obviously is going to be skewed because of what Justin Fields did out of the backfield. But Daniel Jones is a guy that can scramble around a little bit so is that is that really the key? Do you think that they can actually contain Saquon Barkley? Can they hold him to less than 100? I think it's going to be tough, but you know that's typically, whenever there's a strength of a team, it's always difficult to stop, and it's not like the Lions' defense is anything special. They, they have struggled. Um, I, I would be a little surprised if I had to, I'd probably bet the over on over-under 100 for Barkley, and I'm sure the Vegas line is maybe even lower than that. But uh, this, I still don't have a ton of confidence in this Lions defense, but that truly probably is the key to the game because you look at what Daniel Jones can do when he's passing the ball and just the receivers he's working with right now, it's nothing special. So if you can contain Saquon, I, I think that really puts the Giants in a tough spot in the Lions offense. If they continue to just be able to put points on the board and move the ball down the field, maybe get uh, some of their receivers back healthy and there's just more explosive plays, I I think it is. The Lions are in a good spot to pull out a win despite being underdogs. Now, the reason that I, I tried to field Freddie's question the best that I could, and because I really believe this is a week-to-week, uh, we're on a week-to-week basis, because we had Taylor Decker missing practice yesterday. That's for veteran rest. But you also have Trinity Benson, no practice with a knee injury. Josh Reynolds, no practice with a back injury. Jamal Williams has been sick uh, with an illness. And Frank Ragnow with a foot injury. That's downgraded from a full practice last week. He had the walking boot on after the game. And 
edge uh, Josh Pascal, who they finally get back into the lineup, gets to see his first action a couple of weeks ago. He's got a new injury. He's listed on the report. No practice for him on Wednesday. And it's just everything is too fluid in the NFL for me to try to project what's going to happen next week or two weeks from now. Very true. Uh, Lions, have, especially the last couple of years, seem like they have struggled with injuries. And maybe when the team is not doing as well, they take it a little bit more um, more cautious of an approach when dealing with injuries. But they still, when you have a talent or a roster talent level that the Lions have, you just don't have a ton of depth. And any injuries to their key players really hurts because you just don't have the necessary depth that you to need to really compete in the NFL. And there's always going to be injuries. But the Lions' injury luck this year has been towards the bottom of the league and especially at some of their key players and guys that they were relying on. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a week-to-week thing, and you never know what you're going to get and who's going to be able to make it out there and who's going to be on the field is just look at the Lions receiving core last year, last week outside of St. Brown, and it's Tom Kennedy out there making plays. Yeah, shout-out to Tom Kennedy. Boy, I mean, if he'd have caught that one-hander, that would have really been – Holy mackerel, would that have been something. Jeff Okuda gets the pick six. I know ESPN's been all over Justin Fields. He did this, he did that. Do a pick six. Cost him the game. Uh, he did respond right afterwards, however, with a 65-yard scamper into the end zone. That, we, that much we are aware of. But uh, to see Jeff Okuda really thriving this year, making that leap from where he was at in the in the early portion of last season before the injury, coming back, playing the way that he did, then to get that pick six, it, it did make me feel good inside. Like, good, good for that young man. Of course. And you, you know, I've always, I've always rooted for Jeff. I root for every Lions player, but Jeff Akuda was just one of those situations where I was definitely supportive of the Lions drafting him. And then his rookie season, it was put in, the worst situation possible dealing with those uh, core injuries as well. And then last year with an Achilles and to come back the way he has, it's been truly impressive. He's exceeded what I thought he would do this year. <laughs> he looks more athletic than I feel like I've ever seen him. And whenever he is getting beaten coverage, which happens in the NFL, the corner, you're going to get beat. It's not like he's even getting burned. He's right there. He's, he's usually in good coverage. And a lot of times it's just the receiver making a play on the ball and, I think that's something that Okuda can still uh, progress in and work on is becoming a little bit more of a ball hawk. And may, sometimes it's tough to change instincts and just your comfort level, making a turn and looking back to the ball instead of playing the man. And sometimes you're coached up to play the man in certain situations. But I, he, to get an interception in that scenario and take it back to the house to, to give him a one-point lead after the extra point, I mean, that's, that's big-time stuff. Um, from him so I yeah I'm, I'm really happy to see where he's at and you think he can probably still keep getting even better and maybe even healthier if uh you know Achilles takes a year or two to sometimes fully recover from this is a crazy question it's really off the wall and I'm sorry I didn't prep you ahead of time with this because this might take some thought you might not even have an answer for me right now one non-quarterback that you could draft right now to join the Detroit Lions that you think that, hey, they add this guy. Could be anybody in the league at any position outside of quarterback. If they were to add them, that would be the guy to put the icing on the cake and push this team to the playoffs. Who is one guy in the league that you would want on this team right now? Um, that's tough. If I, if I wanted for just this year, you know, I, I don't think there's going to be any 
particular player that's going to push this team over the top. Um, if you're looking at long-term future, I'd probably take a gamble on maybe a younger player um, <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball that would be around for a long time. Like my first thought was like an Aaron Donald type, but if I'm looking further into the future, I'd probably want to go younger. So it's, it's tough to really say. I don't. There's, there's a lot of good answers, but I don't know if there's any one that would have to be the choice. I was thinking a lot about this, and I was like, man, what, what position? Because you know you're going to get a bump from Jamison Williams. That's uh, Coach Campbell says, you know, maybe after Thanksgiving. And the first person I thought of, and I, I went to the defensive side of the ball too, right? Because I'm like, okay, you know you're getting Williams there at, at some point, hopefully during this season. But if one guy could make a difference, I thought Micah Parsons. And I was like, you know what? If you add a player of his caliber to run around and make some plays at that linebacker, I mean, my, it could completely change this franchise. It could, yeah, and he's definitely, he's got age on his side, and he is just a dynamic playmaker all over the field, and I know, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to go down this road of the debate, should the Lions have drafted Micah Parsons or Justin Fields over Sewell, but I, I've been happy with Sewell, I can't complain, and tackle positions also important, but uh, yeah, Parsons would be excellent to have on this team, just with his pass rush ability and his versatility, it's really second to none, it's it's crazy kind of the things that he's doing. Well, let's all remember this now when draft season comes along. We're looking at who we can add to this team, right, and who's available. He is Logan Lamradier. Find him on Twitter at Lamradier. Find his work, SI's All Lions coverage, as the Lions will take on the New York football Giants this Sunday for a 1 o'clock kickoff. Logan, my friend, is always partner. Thank you so much for your time, my man. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great rest of the week, and enjoy the game on Sunday. Of course. Thank you as usual, and talk next week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.